0: You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call, as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers bounce back from their terrible loss at Rutgers, with a nice solid home victory, 81 to 65, over the visiting Nebraska Cornhuskers in a game where each team was dealing with the injury and/or illness to a key player. Nebraska missing Sam Greasel, Indiana once again missing Jalen hood uh with back spasms, but the Hoosiers able to overcome Jalen's absence and get a much-needed victory to move to eight and one on the season. Uh, and we're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Jeff Marlowe, here with us as well. And guys, let's start this show the way we start every show. And that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And look, you know, this is only the third time that an Indiana player has gotten a triple-double. So you would think it would be pretty easy to call that final assist by Trace Jackson Davis the banner moment. But I am not going with that for the banner moment. I am actually going back to early in the second half. Indiana had a 13-point lead at halftime and came out in the first two minutes of the second half and really played unfocused basketball and immediately let Nebraska go on a 6-0 run uh, that brought it to within seven. And in the immediate aftermath of that, I thought Trey Galloway, you know, really just provided the kind of spark that we've gotten used to from him. And, you know, obviously one of the big storylines tonight was Trey shooting. He goes four for six from three-point range. But I really thought this sequence from Trey – was huge on a night when Indiana was without Jalen Huchofino and really had Xavier Johnson struggling. They needed someone to just settle the offense down and provide a spark, and Trey did that. He came down after that 6-0 run, tried to draw a charge, didn't get the call, but it was good defensive effort. Then on the next offensive possession, when Indiana had nothing going offensively, he drove in for a bucket, comes down on defense, blows up a dribble handoff, forces a Nebraska shooter to take like a 30-foot you know, three-pointer, which seemed like almost a frustration shot because of how closely Trey was guarding him. And then on the next offensive possession, again, not a whole lot going on. He calls for a pick and roll that ends up resulting in a bucket. It pushed the lead back out to 43 to 32. Nebraska would get it back to within 10 one other time uh, after that. But I thought that stretch from Trey was huge at a time when it kind of felt like control of the game was a little bit in the balance. And again, neither of Indiana's starting guards either available or playing well. And Trey stepped up in a way that really he wouldn't have been able to do last year. There's a calmness and more of a composure to the way that Trey is operating in the half court now. And we saw that tonight in addition to his three-point shooting. And it was very, very important for Indiana to get that from Trey as its lead ball handler tonight uh, with Xavier Johnson struggling. All right, guys, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Yes, our Banner Moment tonight, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And whether you are shopping for yourself, or for the Indiana fan in your life, or just the college sports fan in your life, Home Field Apparel has something for everyone and it's why we recommend that you go there for Christmas shopping it's December 7th right now you've still got a little time to get your orders in save money with our promo code home and get them delivered by Christmas but you can find shirts and hoodies and crew necks with really interesting unique old school designs and logos everything is comfortable the colors last through many washings and you're supporting an Indiana-based business that gives jobs to folks in Indianapolis that came up through the Kelly school of business. Uh, And so they're very much worth supporting. We obviously love supporting them and appreciate their support of us, but go to homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code home H O M E. And you will get 15% off your first order. That's promo code home for 15% off. Again, the website homefieldapparel.com wear one for the team. All right. Well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Ryan, we will start with you. Uh, what would you like to rant about this evening?
1: Uh, honestly,
0: I, I think it's really funny that
1: Trace Jackson Davis has a historic night and he only took six shots. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't think if you paired those three things together. But I guess with a triple double, you're not going to get the shot up much. No, I wanted to talk about three point shooting and, and we've harped on it all year that this team needs to take a higher volume of shots from the three point line. And it needs to make a higher percentage of shots from the three point line. If it wants to be taken seriously this year, I mean, you could be a good team and not shoot three pointers. Well, can't be a great team and not shoot well in modern basketball. And tonight they were 11 to 25. And unlike Rutgers, where you had one guy basically do everything, it was spread out. Trey Galloway was four of six. Uh, Tamar Bates hit five of them. Cop hit one. Uh, Race Thompson hit one. Uh, Xavier, you know, usually when they shoot well from three, that's because Xavier Johnson hits a couple. He was over three. He really, we'll talk about him. He didn't have a great night, um, but you know, seeing multiple guys hit shots and f- start feeling it a little bit and be willing to take shots. I mean, the only reason cop didn't make more is he was guarded pretty closely by Nebraska. You could tell was very clear that they wanted to guard him and they were leaving Trey Galloway open. And that's why you got Galloway making so many. Um, But cop was, you know, they were pressuring cop on the ball and it, it is really funny to see Cop's stat line as well with one three pointer yet. He made five twos, which he never takes twos. So uh it, it, a really interesting stat line across the board, given that they won by 16 pretty handily. I mean, there were, you know, it, Nebraska once they stretched out to 20 the game is over Nebraska got a little bit closer but didn't feel like it then it was just the the TJD show but I, I I thought it was interesting the way they attacked tonight uh because they're gonna have to be able to do that now that Rutgers has shown the blueprint to beating them which is pack the paint make track make tra- Trace Jackson Davis into a point guard basically is the, is the is the way to beat them and he's got to complete those passes and guys got to knock down the shots so uh, I thought just kind of a good way to bounce back after the disappointment from, from this weekend. And, and they came out and did what they had to do. Now, you know, you got to ramp up for the big one on Saturday.
0: I think it's hilarious that people keep saying Rutgers showed the blueprint when that's been the blueprint to beat Indiana for five it years, has, but this is a new team
1: and it's a little different and you got, you know, know. some different guys and, and guys are a year older, but yeah, they showed that it's the same blueprint that's, that's existed for the last what six years is take away the paint and Indiana can't beat you essentially.
0: And so showing tonight that you can make some shots is, is a big deal. Indiana went six for 25 against Rutgers tonight, 11 for 25. Makes a big difference. Uh, all right, Coach, let's go over to you, of course, Jeff Marlowe, the host of Doing the Work, uh, our podcast about women's basketball. And you may recall in the offseason, in our episode about where we ranked the most indispensable players on the roster, Coach Marlowe sent shockwaves through the show by putting Trey Galloway number three. And he just so happens to make his season debut on the assembly call on
2: the night of Trey Galloway's career on night. Trey so, Galloway night, <laughs> coach, take your victory lap. It's well earned. <laughs> I, I I told you that night I was going to stick to my guns that I, you know I was you know people thought I was out over my skis, but I still will. I still stick to that that Trey is the third most important guy on this roster. Um, but I was going to piggyback off a little bit of what Ryan was talking about, but I was going to look more at the passing. Tonight, uh, and I know we're going to talk about stats later, but 22 assists on 32 field goals. So the ball, when it moved, found open people, found them in spots where they could get shots, and they were knocking down shots. And again, I didn't really get to see the game on Saturday a whole lot. I was traveling and and, and, and trying to follow it as best I could on, 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 on the radio feed and stuff. But, but you, you said it earlier, and Ryan said, when you make shots, the whole thing looks a whole lot better, you know, in, in essence. And that's what I thought tonight. They made some shots guys got some confidence but I thought the ball wouldn't move now I, I do want to talk about it a little bit later I thought there were times where the offense was very stagnant and it you know the ball didn't move and I thought that showed in time where they had stretches where they they didn't look as good offensively but um, kudos to Trace Jackson Davis or should we call him triple Jackson Davis tonight uh, you know, with his triple <laughs> double so um but yeah I, I, I it was a good bounce back game and that is the one thing I talked about Uh, You put out on the Twitter feed, Jared, about your pick to click. I just thought that Trey would take to heart what happened at Rutgers on Saturday. And I got a feeling while Coach Woodson had a very interesting press conference yesterday where he talked about the, the toughness. I got a feeling toughness and rebounding were the main focus for the last two days in practice. And I thought Trey would take that to heart.
0: No question about it. You know, and I think that's what a lot of us were, you know, kind of looking at in this game. Okay, how does Indiana bounce back? Do we see a little bit more of that toughness? Do we see some of that focus on the glass? I thought Indiana was just tremendous tonight on the defensive glass. You know, Trace Jackson Davis grabs nine defensive boards. Race Thompson grabs five. This has been a team where the guards have really had to step up and do some rebounding, and tonight the inside guys, you know, stepped up and said, you know, no, we got this, uh, which is what, you know, what we really need from those guys. Um, You know, and as you said, coach, just a a lot of ball movement. But I want to, Ryan, we got to talk some more about Trace off the top here. Um, Because, you know, he had a triple-double, 12 points, 11 boards, 10 assists, also three blocks and three steals. And I thought it was, you know, one of those games where, you know, Trace was ready to do whatever the moment called for. You know, he played 36 minutes and was plus 23 on a night when Indiana won by 16. I mean, when he was off the court... (laughs) you know Indiana struggled and I really thought to me you know what really signified kind of trace's level of focus tonight is what happened at the end of the first half where you know Rutgers has the ball I think we were up sorry yeah Nebraska had the ball I think we're up 11 and so they've got a chance to get it under 10 going into halftime trace gets a steal we go down he gets fouled we don't score but the very next possession he gets another steal and then ends up getting it up to race Thompson and it was just kind of one of those moments that we've seen a lot from Trace this season where it's just basically him saying no to the opponent. Like, you want to do this, you're not going to do this, whether it's stopping him or whether it's scoring. And so I, you know, I really, I mean, he and Trey were just so great tonight at, and tomorrow too, you know, doing exactly what the game called for. And the way that Nebraska was defending, you know, they just weren't going to let Trace get a lot of clean looks. And he was said, fine, didn't force a lot. And found his teammates, Um, you know, and so I think this is another game, you know, again, you know, the Rutgers game, I think was a disappointment to everybody, because some of the things that we thought about this team didn't quite prove true that night. But tonight was more of a continuation of the narrative that we've been talking about with Trace, where he just has so many more ways to beat you now um you know and obviously his teammates stepping up and making shots was a big part of that but him just consistently making good decisions with the basketball and being active defensively doing what his coach asked for rebounding that's what you want to see from your senior leader and he did it on both ends tonight
1: yeah and and I think my my favorite part of this game was just how calm he was when double teams came where I felt like in he got rattled against Rutgers and tonight He was sort of backing out a little bit without dribbling. You know, the the worst thing you can do, you're supposed to dribble out of a double team, but the worst thing you can do is dribble straight to the sideline. Cause then you've got another defender. And it's that sideline. And and he just sort of calmly surveyed what was going on, realized he's bigger than everybody on the floor. If I want to make a pass over them, I can. um, And, and just sort of knew where everybody was going to be on the floor. And I think that he took what the game gave him as you, as, as you said there and, and everybody did. And, and, that didn't happen against Rus- Rutgers. It was like running in, consistently running into a brick wall. They tried to pound the paint, pound the paint. Well, you're not going to do that. You better make shots. you got to find a way to make shots. you got to find a way to move the ball so you get those open shots. It's not always the first pass out of the double team. A lot of times it's the second, maybe even third pass out of a double team that gets you the open look. The other thing I saw Indiana doing a little bit more tonight, and, and this will get us into Ray Thompson a little bit, is running Ray Thompson in the backside. Uh, you know, when that, when that double comes, they've got to guard two guys on the opposite side, run race Thompson low down to the block and, and, and trace Jackson Davis and race Thompson are real good passing back and forth, forth to each other. Uh, and you saw that work a couple of times and you also saw that race moving like that opened up that wing player, uh, who the defender had to guard both those guys. So, uh, it, I think it was just, there was a, there was a level of calm, but the the biggest thing here and the biggest difference between this and Rutgers was Indiana stepped on the floor, ready to play. They didn't step on the floor, ready to play against Rutgers. That was a, they were flat. They got punched in the mouth, got flatter. It it never rose to the level of we're better than this team. Let's go beat them. And, and this, I mean, the first, what was it? Eight minutes, you know, Indiana was killing Nebraska off the top. I don't remember what the score was at the under eight, but it was, you know, the game was, it never felt 20 to five. Yeah. I mean, it just, it never felt close. I think it started 14 to two and, and it just, this game, I mean, Nebraska got within seven, got, got to seven a couple of times, but it still felt like that was their ceiling max against Rutgers. It felt like Indiana was on the other side of that. Like they just couldn't break through and they couldn't find a way to consistently match the effort that Rutgers gave. That can't be that. That's a formula for a loss for this team. They got to be energetic. It, They got to do things like rebound, as we saw, not enough, uh, you know, giving up all those offensive rebounds the last time, but they also have to just be ready to play and match that energy from the jump.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Coach Marlowe, like a lot of teams, you know, Indiana has to be able to find a level of comfort on the road in an uncomfortable environment. You know, and so what we saw today, tonight, was... You know, a team not nearly as good at Rutgers as executing at executing their defensive strategy and being at home, and our guys have just shot better at home in a more comfortable environment. And so, the next step is, you know, for a guy like Tamar to be able to take this shooting and do it on the road. You know, and and for Indiana to be able to take kind of this level of, you know, I don't want to say calmness offensively because we just, we got to talk about X who really struggled, but you know, guys like Trey Trace inside being calm of mind in terms of making the right decisions and not getting sped up and that you know that's the great thing about what Rutgers did in that game in that environment completely different tonight but still an important step in being able to bounce back and now again they just have to be able to take this on the road
2: yeah and I thought part of the issue what little I saw some of the high lights coming out of Saturday. And again, listen to the real feed. It just didn't sound like we really ever got into any rhythm. We didn't play as I like to say downhill. And that was a little bit of my frustration kind of coming out of the game with Trey a little bit. And again, I love Trey Galloway, obviously, but his, his one thing that really helps with this team is his ability to turn a corner, get us downhill, draw defenders and either get to the rim himself or kick it to somebody for a good shot. And, and, and he didn't do it, but he wasn't the only one on Saturday. Obviously they all seem to be lacking energy But I think when Trey plays like he did tonight, like he did against North Carolina uh, and those types of games where he's bringing energy and you look again, I know we're probably not trying to get too deep into the stats, but I really like the fact that Trey, when X was struggling, and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit, Trey, I thought ran the point and he may not be the most flashy point guard, but he gets us into what we're supposed to be doing. And he gets the ball where it's supposed to be going, going. And I really like that part of it. Now you got to take that to the road. Tamar has to come and play on the road. He's played much better at home than he has on the road. And and on the road especially, the three-point shot is such a neutralizer to the crowd because when that crowd home crowd kind of starts going and you can get that three ball to go down and to cut into the lead or extend the lead if you happen to have it on the road, the crowd gets really quiet. I'm going to show my age here. Maybe, Ryan, you and Jared remember Larry Bird just used to dagger teams in the NBA with the three-point shot and, and crowds. And that's what it can do. And so Tamar is probably our best, most consistent three point shooter outside of Miller. And so, and maybe even more so than Miller right now by stats. If Trey's hitting four threes a night, we're going to be in pretty good shape. I'll, I'll take that every <laughs> yeah. night. But I'm not going to count on it. But I just think that that's where Tamar has to bring a focus on the road that he hasn't shown yet. And and if we get there, again, you've talked about. It. Numerous times in the shows this year, the ceiling gets higher and the floor gets higher if Tamar figures that part of it out.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know. That's interesting that you say that. You know, I'm not sure "focus" is the right word. Maybe it is, but you know, I don't know about focus. It's like you know, the game that was on before Indiana tonight, Ryan, was Michigan State Penn State, and you saw AJ Hogard just have a great game. I think he scored 23 points. You know, a senior guard who's kind of been around. You know, with a guy like Tamar who's you know still a sophomore. I don't know if it's as much focus as it is just comfort and confidence on the road, you know, and kind of, you know, knowing what you're out there to do, being confident that you've done it. He hasn't had as much success on the road um, you know, and is still kind of getting comfortable there. And so that's what I think it is for some of these guys is being comfortable. And, you know, you need obviously your, you know, your leaders and your older guys, um, to be able to step up and kind of carry that mantle. But to the extent that you can get some of the younger guys to get comfortable in those environments, the better you'll be. And that's the next step for a guy like tomorrow, who really is starting to get more and more comfortable consistently on offense at home. And now he's got to be able to take that with him on the road. Yeah, I mean your bench usually does you always
1: mention, Jared, your bench usually yeah. doesn't play as well on the road as it does at home. And and he's a bench player right now. But also we've talked about Tamar and the second half of last season. It's like he had half a freshman year, if that, maybe less than that, given, you know, how few games you really do play in the in the non-conference. Uh, but you have seen him have games where he's more comfortable and starts playing a little better and hits some shots and steps into his shots and is willing to drive. And, and you're seeing that with Miller Cop, too, a little bit. The Miller Cop's already willing really to take it off the bounce, and he's getting confidence doing that. So it's not just Tamar. I, I think a couple guys are getting more yeah. confident with what they're doing out there. Those are two big ones for Indiana, though, because those are scorers, and those are guys who are going to put points up. And you need that. I mean, this team needs that. We know they're going to play defense, but they need to have efficient offense to win. and two of your better shooters need to be able to knock down those shots and shoot them confidently. Uh, Race Thompson hit one tonight and you know, the the, the announcer said he was just kind of like stuck his arms up in the air, like finally. And the reason why is because his motion is fine. It's just a matter of taking it confidently. And so yeah, I, I do think that Tamar and 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 Miller uh, both need to find that comfort zone. Miller's obviously comfortable on the road, but he needs to find that comfort zone in the offense consistently. And Tamar needs to find that comfort zone just being on a college basketball court. And he's clearly starting to feel home, feel at home at Assembly Hall. He's got to do it on the road. You're right. I mean, against Arizona, you're going to need at least 10 from Tamar Bates. You're going to need a couple threes from Tamar Bates to beat Arizona. I've watched Arizona play really good and yep. and, and very athletic. and score you know early in the season they were averaging 100 points a game i know that went down but you know they can score you're gonna need to score i don't care how good your defense is you're gonna need to score points to beat them so you're gonna need those guys you're gonna need malik renew who has not played well the last couple games and he's gotta stay out of foul trouble you're gonna need him to have some minutes and because it's gonna be a heavy lift on trace jackson davis so those guys all gotta grow up real fast and tomorrow i've sort of talked about it's almost like he's redoing his freshman year It, it feels a little bit and and you're starting to see that light go on a little bit it's just he's got to be consistent with it
0: yep all right coming up as we continue our breakdown of indiana's victory over nebraska we'll point out tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from this game and there are several you are listening to the assembly call stick with us The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own.
2: Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Hey, guys, it's Gene Steratore, CBS officiating analyst and retired Big Ten basketball official. You know, I have never listened to the assembly call, and to be honest, I don't intend to. But If you listen, make sure you ignore anything Ryan says about officiating. He's really good from the seat of his pants, but I wouldn't trust him on the court with a whistle around his neck. Time has proven him wrong on virtually everything. Take care. We'll talk soon.
0: Always love that one. Thank you, Gene. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Jeff Marlowe. Uh, and it's the top of segment two, which means it is time for Meaningful moments that you might have missed Yes. Tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans to learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans. Visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. So, guys, for the meaningful moments, I want to talk a little bit about X, um, you know, who obviously had an interesting night, to say the least. And I really thought it was a tale of two halves for him. You know, in, in the first half... There were several times early, you know, and, and Coach Marley, you talked about the ball movement and I actually thought early in the game, there were almost some possessions where Indiana was overpassing, like they kind of passed up some good looks waiting for that great one and it didn't come and it, you know, it led to a turnover a couple times. Now, look, you'll take that because the offense was overall doing well, but I thought X in particular early in the game seemed to me like a guy who was really trying not to force the issue. And I thought there were a couple times when he had shots that he normally would have taken, either on drives or on open threes, and he passed them up. Uh, And he just, he almost seemed to be a little bit too passive early, and it's like it got him out of rhythm a little bit. And I thought defensively, He wasn't quite as active as normal, you know, and I kind of wondered, you know, okay, is he just trying to tone it down a little bit, maybe conserve some energy and not get in foul trouble? Since he's the only point guard, I did see Mike Schumann from the Daily Hoosier tweeted, you know, at halftime that he, you know, was wearing a, you know, something on his leg and fiddling with it, you know, like he was in some kind of pain. So I don't know if there was something there that was happening, but then in the second half. It's almost like a switch flipped, and he started trying to do too much. And you saw him really try to drive in and force things, and he got some charges. Dubious calls, but he was still probably a little bit out of control, even if the guy didn't have position. And so this, to me, Ryan, just felt like a night where X could never get in a rhythm. You know, and it's like he was too passive in the first half. He was overly aggressive in the second half. You know, we've kind of seen him have these nights before. And it's why Indiana was so fortunate to have a guy like Trey Galloway tonight who could settle things down and also have, you know, Trace basically, you know, playing, uh, you know, the the playmaking big role. Um, but give me your thoughts on on what you saw from X tonight with, you know, the obvious bonus that this is a game last year that Indiana doesn't win if you get a performance like this from Xavier Johnson, you know. And now you had enough guys who stepped up that they can but what was your overall takeaway from X's play tonight? Yeah, I just, I thought he was trying to do too much coming off the
1: Rutgers loss. And and I think that you're right. He may have been a little passive in the first half, and that maybe threw him off. But seven turnovers is not okay from your senior point guard. It's just no. not. And I know th- those two charges were – one of them was not a charge. One of them was a 50-50 call. They probably should have just let go. Um, but still, that's five turnovers, you know, other than that. And – uh, he's always going to bring the energy defensively but i really think he was frustrated. This game just frustrated the heck out of him at times. And you know what when you're not doing that and you're not getting it done, you're not making your shots, you're not finishing at the rim, as a point guard it's your job just to lead the team, facilitate the offense, start the offense, let somebody else. You're going to have an off night. You're having an off night. Okay, I'm having recognize it. I'm having an off night. I'm going to focus on defense and I'm going to move the basketball. And and he didn't do that. He tried to force things all night long and and i just think that that was sort of his struggle as he kept pushing it. And, and I think Tamar took his minutes at the end of the game. I, I, and it may, and maybe that's just a, Hey, it's your it's a bad night. Just sit. And not, not like i Woodson was mad at him, but just sort of like, Hey, you're, it's not your night. We'll just hang out. And it would let Trey and, and Tamar Bates do this. And that's what it seemed like at the end of the game. And he played 29 minutes. Tamar played 24. And, and, you know, Tamar wasn't in, in those early parts of the first and second half where you get the, where the starters get their run. So that just tells you how things were going, but I, I you know, that he's going to figure it out. And, and, and the, the beginning of this season, he has had a couple of really good games and he's had a couple of clunkers like this. And that happened last year. And then you got into big 10 play and he showed his worth and showed how valuable he is. I think that we're on that same path. The problem is he needs to understand when he doesn't have it to downshift a gear and, and because you can have a great game as a point guard and put up no stats. You know, if you just add a calmness to the team, distribute the ball, get it where it needs to go. And he's going to have to do that some this year because there are some good guards he's going to be facing and he's going to struggle and he needs to not compound mistakes, which is something we've seen him do a lot. Give up a turnover, commit a foul, you know, take a bad shot that goes out, try and make up for it by stealing a ball, get a foul, you know, uh, give up a basket, go down, go really hard at the hoop, and get a charge. You know, I mean, we've seen that with X over the last two years. Not as much at the end of last year, but it happens, and he needs to pull that tendency out of his game.
0: Yeah, Coach, I mean, you know, X is just – he's a guy who really plays on the razor's edge, you know, and there's there's a happy medium for him where he's playing with that aggression, but it's toned down just enough that he's solid. And that's the thing tonight is it just seemed like – the pendulum kind of swung from one end to the other and he never found the happy medium and he never got into that rhythm, you know, and and or into the flow of the game. You know, whereas I thought Trey really did a nice job of picking his spots. You know, Nebraska had guys packed into the lane. There wasn't a lot of room for the guards to drive, but a couple times when there were Trey found it and was able to drive in, but didn't force it as we've seen him do you know, in the past. And X just didn't quite have that recognition tonight. And so, you know, I, I agree with you, Ryan, that I don't think this is anything to overreact about. You know, we, we've kind of seen this from him. The benefit now, coach, especially once you get Jalen hood Shafino back, is Indiana is not hostage to what X shows up. You know, they have other guys now who can step up and fulfill that kind of role. And that's why, you know, to me, part of the story of tonight is you know as ugly as the offense looked at times this team was still able to put up 80 points without its two lead guards what recent indiana team would have been able to do that even at home even against nebraska it just wouldn't have happened and so that's where this team just has more ways offensively uh, to beat you now even on a night like tonight when x is struggling
2: oh i absolutely agree with that and i agree with both you and ryan about the fact that i'm not overly worried about x in terms of it but he was not at, at, at a point tonight he became a liability and you have to recognize that. And I thought Coach Woodson finally just said, like you said, not your night. I'm going to play Trey. I'm going to play Tamar. And I'm going to give them some more of your minutes here. But I also think part of the early I- instance, uh, Jared, was where um, Coach Woodson said that, uh, either Saturday after the game or in his press conference yesterday that he thought um, he, he thought that X tried to do too much on Saturday because Jalen wasn't there. So I thought maybe that was where he was in the first half. He kind of was trying to, I'll I'll pass more. I won't try to do everything one-on-one. And then the second half, I just thought frustration built in. And I think it probably got even worse after he picked up that first charge call in the second half. And you could just kind of see it. It was really affecting what he was doing. And so I I think that was a lot of it. But it just, you know, third guys have bad nights. And you chalk it up. Everybody, when you have a 30-game schedule, guys are going to have an off night or two. But like you said, we have guys that can pick it up. Trey Galloway ran the point tonight. Tamar Bates was able to slide in and score, and score in bunches. You put Jalen hood back in the lineup. We have options. And like you said, even without those two, even without Jalen hood Shafino in the lineup tonight, we showed we still had people who could pick up the slack when one of our best players didn't play well. And I think that bodes well for us going along. Team, a little bit deeper. And again, I'm not trying to get into the stats yet, but – I loved the balance tonight. I, I just there was we didn't have to rely on Trace to get us 25-30 to win a game. We could have balance and and everybody was, you know, participating in the offense at you know, and 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 making shots at, at critical times.
0: One other moment that I want to point out happened back at the in the first half at the 11 minute mark, uh, Indiana was coming out of a timeout up 14 to 5. And they ran a really nice little set where Malik Renew got the ball at the elbow, took a couple hard dribbles to the baseline, turned and found Trace cutting. Uh, Trace scored, got an and one. Indiana goes up 17 to five. I thought it was a great play. Uh, And Ryan, I thought it was just it it showed some of the skills that we've seen from Malik Renew, you know, which is the ability to put the ball on the deck the court awareness, the ability to pass. And I thought, I thought Malik showed some positive signs tonight for a guy who's been struggling a little bit. And for a guy who, you know, I don't know if you guys saw coach Woodson's media availability, but he basically said, Malik's got to play harder. You know, I got to get this guy to learn what it means to play hard at the college level, you know, and to be able to play without fouling. Now he did pick up, you know, a couple of quick fouls and he had three overall in 11 minutes. That's not great. But he did get back to finishing tonight. You know, he had two opportunities near the basket. He finished those, had that assist. And so for a guy that I think is going to have to play a big role as we get into January and February and March in the Big Ten coming off the bench and who has been struggling a little bit, I thought there were some good signs because I thought he was more engaged defensively, just down in a stance, working a little bit harder. It seemed like that message got through and it was nice to see him be a little more composed on offense and finish plays. Whereas over the past couple of games, it's really seemed like he's gotten sped up and just hasn't quite been the same guy that we saw through the first couple of weeks of the season.
1: Yeah. I had a really nice floater in the lane that I liked that I was thinking, is that a good shot? And it went, and I'm like, it is a good shot. <laughs> he's Malik Renu. Uh No, I look with Malik. I feel like, and, and I hate to use this term this early, but it felt like he hit a little bit of a wall uh, the last couple of games. And he sort of slowed down. And, um, there's that freshman wall that guys, you know, have all this energy coming into the season. And then they're like, oh, wow, college basketball is kind of a grind, isn't it? It's practice and then it's games and then it's practice and then it's games and there's schoolwork and finals. And, you know, it, it, a lot of guys get get slammed with that early. We haven't seen Jalen Huchofino hit that yet because, well, he's been out the last couple of games. So I think that you – I have to expect that no matter how good your freshmen are, they're going to hit lulls and, and both Huchifino and Renew, even if they get going really well, are going to have freshman games. It's just going to happen. It happens to everybody. It happened to Anthony Davis when he was at Kentucky, one of the great freshman seasons we've seen in the last couple, he had some bad games. It's just what happens when you're at this level playing high level competition consistently, uh, you know, for the first time in your life, I don't I, like it, it's nothing compared to playing high level high school competition. So these guys are younger than the guys they're playing. They're getting beat up. Everybody's a little banged up by this point in the season. They just have to get used to it. And and it takes some time. And you see a lot of freshmen run out of steam towards the end of the year too, because it's a long season. Uh, so I think that there's maybe a little bit of that, a little, a little bit of he's, he's a little fatigued probably mentally from this grind. and And he's, he's fouling now he's making some bad, decisions defensively and and dropping his hands and 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 having them on the guys and and you know swinging at balls and things like that instead of going straight up that happens it's i don't think it's anything to be concerned about the talents there you saw him finish as you said tonight a couple times he didn't force it um he's still got those instincts and that footwork that are just outstanding for his age and so again uh, no concern here you just feel like well This is this is about where we are right now. And and hopefully he rounds out of this by the end of December and heading into the full slate
0: of Big Ten games. He's 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 back to where he needs to be. All right, Coach Marlowe. It's time for stats. You've been very excited to get to the segment. Can
2: I bring in? Can I bring in one meaningful moment? I'm going to show my age here. A of course. Bit. How about that? How about that one-handed palm rebound that TJD had? That was pretty sweet. And Bardo yes. brought up the McGinnis reference, and I'm old enough to remember George McGinnis and Doc and those guys always with one hand just palming the ball. You know, and of course, as a coach don't do that two, don't do two, that two hands, two hands. i used to I,
1: I did that in high school a couple of times i just grabbed it and pulled it under my arm a few times yeah. not so, palmed it like that but like you know you go up and grab it and pull it under your arm and i was I, the coach was like hey it looks cool you do that again you're benched like you know, okay like, in you trace's
0: defense but in trace's defense on that he was using his right hand to fend off the nebraska guy oh no totally so good. he wasn't was just great. doing it, it for was style great but it's great no i'm yes. just
1: saying that that's not the way you're taught you know, yes. but he, you know, he's also different. You know, he's built—he's yeah. that like quote—built <laughs> different. You know, he—he he is. But,
2: and so. but also, the reason I wanted to bring that up, I taught that to me, that kind of showed where he his level of engagement tonight. That was how good he was feeling about the, his game overall. Because that's not something you do if you're kind of if you're in that one of those games. You're like, man, I'm not playing well. I'm—I've I'm, been kind of lazy. He's been there, and you grab that thing confidently to pull it out of the air like that. So to me. That showed the level of confidence he was playing with and the engagement he really had tonight.
0: No, he was awesome. Look, Indiana dominated on the glass. They had 35 rebounds. Nebraska had 25. Nebraska only had four offensive rebounds in the entire game. That was the most
1: encouraging thing about this game for me was the rebounding got cleaned up. Not that Nebraska's a great
0: rebounding team, but they didn't let it get out of control. Habits, man. Indiana had some poor rebounding games in the cupcake games. You know they were engaged rebounding. They were putting a body into somebody. They were attacking. Think that was rebounds. an emphasis this week, or oh, I think so. I think it was definitely an emphasis. And so that obviously is a big number. The 22 assists on 32 made field goals is just outstanding. Uh, Indiana on the season in assist rate 56.8 uh, percent. They're in the top 75 nationally uh, in that number. Um, And then, you know, the three-point shooting, you know, Indiana goes 11 out of 25, uh, you know, 25 uh, three-point attempts on 60 made field goals, Uh, you know, and so that's now two straight games, Ryan, where we've seen that three-point attempt rate go up. And part of that is, you know, by necessity because teams are really focusing on that Indiana scouting report where they're packing it in, making Indiana prove, you know, that they're going to make threes. And this has been a team as we've gone through this season that has really, been pretty good at taking what the game has given them you know Xavier didn't necessarily defend Indiana that way I think they only took 13 threes that game and Trey scored 30 points dominating inside you know and teams just aren't going to let Indiana do that and so that's where now Indiana is going to have to step up show that they can make threes like they did tonight Um, and fortunately guys stepped up very encouraging that it didn't have to be X and Miller Cop doing it who were a combined one for eight and Indiana was still able to have a really good three point shooting night. Cause those have been the two most reliable uh, three point shooters coach Marlowe. What numbers stood out to you?
2: Um, I'm going to go into one on the team stats, uh, Ryan, or excuse me, Jared. And that was the bench outscored Nebraska 23 to four. Now, again, a lot of that came from Tamar, Tomorrow but any, but any time nobody else. Yeah, that's true. But my point is, you know, there, there have been times that we've come on here and talked about lack of not this year, but in the past, we've talked about lack of bench production and tonight, whether it was two guys or four guys, we got 23 points off the bench. I'll take that every night or, you know, from this group. And I think that's going to put us in a good shape to win. And that, that bench production probably gets a little better once you bring back Jalen Hood, Shafina or, or, He's healthy enough to come back and you go back to kind of where your normal rotations have been. But uh, to me, that was a big number. 23 to 4 off the bench.
0: Yeah, and who cares how it's you know how it's split up. If you have a guy who can come off the bench and give you 19, 20 points, you know, you'll you'll take that. That's fine. Um, Ryan, numbers what numbers stood out for you? I mean it's three point
1: shooting, eleven to twenty-five, forty-four percent. That's that's number one. I mean, as uh, overall, Indiana's kind of above you know, 50% from the field a lot this year because of how much post-scoring they do, but 53.3% when Trace only goes four of six. Um, you know, that shows that everybody was getting in on the act uh, and it wasn't just all, you know, relative to him. You know, Galloway, seven of 10. Uh, I will say that the thing that stands out to me is 15 turnovers. Um, yep. And Nebraska, I don't know, turned it over, what, 12 times? 11? 13. Uh, 13, okay. Uh, I, was, I was so close. Um, you know, so that, that's just too much. And seven of those, again, were were Xavier Johnson, but Trace had four, too, you know, I mean, and and there were two of them were travels where one was definitely a travel. The other, it was, you know, the borderline travel they don't usually call where you kind of shuffle your feet a little bit as you're gathering and they called it. And so that needs to be cleaned up, though, because as you get into these better games and I get it, this game was a little wide open and, you know, Trace had a turnover on a pitch ahead that he shouldn't have thrown that if if it's a tight game, he probably doesn't throw. Um, so again, there's just stuff to clean up there. And and I think you got to make smarter decisions with the basketball, especially when you're playing better opponents and, and, Again, I'll, I'll clarify, this is not a great opponent, and so sometimes you want to get out and run and do the
0: spectacular instead of making the solid play. You just have to make sure that doesn't carry over to these more important games. To provide some context for the turnover number, Indiana now with a turnover percentage on the season of 16.4%, so they're turning it over on 16.4% of their possessions. That's really good. That's 51st yeah, really in the good. country, so that is good. And, you know, Nebraska only... tonight. Yeah, I mean, and that, and that obviously isn't good. You don't want that turnover number... You know, but Nebraska only scored, I think, six fast break points. And the thing about the turnovers is we're not seeing a lot of the turnovers that used to really frustrate us, you know, the last few years where, you know, they're just lazy passes, you know, out top and it leads to an easy bucket. A lot of these turnovers are guys being aggressive making plays. And so it's a charge that's a dead ball. It's a pass that's thrown ahead of a guy that goes out of bounds, but it's a dead ball. And so... No, it's different than just
1: throwing a throwing a errant pass that gets stolen and run for a for a bus bucket on the other it's end. It's not a yes. live
2: ball turnover. Yeah, no. Right.
1: You know what's what's interesting, Jared, is you know, with the tempo, Nebraska has been playing very slow this year. They made a big deal about that coming in. Their their tempo yeah. is way down this year, and that's not how Hoiberg wants to play, but it's how this roster is playing. What's really funny is Indiana's playing a little faster this year and only had four fast break points, and Nebraska had six. I mean, it, it, insignificant numbers both ways, but Nebraska actually had more. Um, I thought both teams did a really good job of getting back on defense tonight and getting and set. It,
0: and honestly, that, actually, that helped Indiana's rebounding. I mean, Nebraska it was did. clearly going back to not let Indiana get out and, you know, and, and get fast break points. Yep. So it was the opposite of what Rutgers did. Absolute mm-hmm. opposite of what Rutgers did.
2: But you look at the turnover numbers as well. And, and, and again, I, I'm one that can live with 15. It's maybe on the high side of what I can live with. Yep. But it's it's like you said, Ryan. Seven by your point guard is what was concerning tonight. And I get that officials caused two of them, but you have they are what they are. They were turnovers. Um, But on the
1: flip side, on the flip side of that though, coach is is you know between Trey Galloway and Tamar Bates in twenty seven and twenty four minutes, there was one. Right. You know. So I mean, it kind of balances out across the roster, and they're really heavy with two guys, and it's your two leaders who turned the ball over a bunch. But again, there were some calls in there that may not you know be the best.
2: But one of the stats I kind of look at, especially now with some of the analytics stuff, is you look at the turnover, the points off turnovers. Uh, Nebraska turned it over 13 times, and we scored 14 points, so we got one point per turnover, and Nebraska got 13 points off our 15 turnovers. So it was pretty much a wash there, no but but it's still that's a pretty high number when you're getting a, basically a point per turnover.
1: Oh, I have a number, Jared. Uh, I have numbers, I would say. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, not sure if they mentioned this on the broadcast, but 12 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. He had a triple-double. I don't know if they mentioned that. Did
0: they? It was, it was mentioned. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, was, ju- I guess I just was, missed that. It was mentioned. <laughs> Quite a number. And we will be talking uh, about Trace here more in this next segment, because coming up on the Assembly Call, we are going to hand out our Game Balls and Hoosier Hustle Award. Uh, We'll discuss a lingering question or two, and then we'll look ahead to what Indiana has coming up this weekend. That is next on The Assembly Call. Stick with us.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are.
1: Ethan Happ, and I never listen to the
2: Assembly Call, especially the episodes that Ryan is on.
0: Thank you, Ethan. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. Make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. We are almost at 10,000 people on that list. Join for free today. Join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. All right, I'm Jared Morris. The coach, Jeff Marlowe, is here. President of the Trey Galloway Fan Club. Ryan Phillips is here. Uh, And it is time now for our Game Balls. Our Game Balls presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Ali and James and the crew help folks in southern and south-central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all of their testing services, that 23, in honor, of course, of TJD uh gentlemen it is game ball time and look it is a testament to Trey Galloway that he played well enough on a night when a player got the third triple double in school history that it's at least a conversation it's at least a conversation so we'll see coach Marlowe we'll go to you first because if anyone's going to give a game ball to Trey Galloway after tonight's performance it would be you
2: oh Jared, I want to. I really do because you know how much I love Trey Galway. But I, I can't. There's a case the to be made. There is a there, case there to be made. Case. There is a case. But on a, night a case. Where a, on a night where a player gets the third triple double in program history, I'm going to go with Trace on the game. Yeah. Right here. And I want to go back to what Ryan talked about a little bit earlier that the maturity that we've seen in Trace over the last year and a half, as he's learned with Mike Woodson how to handle the double teams better. And, and, and what you're seeing him be able to do is uh, that pro kind of mentality, whereas before you know, under the previous regime, he kind of would get the ball on the block and the double team would come and he would just kind of stay there on the block. Whereas now he gets it, he senses the double team or sees it coming and you'll see him actually move away from the lane. And what that does, and you saw this a couple times tonight, Not too far though. Back- he's,
1: he's not moving as far as he used to. He used to run to the sideline. Yeah, now he's, he's giving, he's, giving he's, himself some space.
2: Well, it's more deliberate too, Ryan. He's not just, he's just not on a quick move out there. He's deliberate about it. And what that does is it opens up the backside cuts. And you saw that a couple of times tonight where we're able to flash from the backside. That's where you beat the double team or you with the skip pass over the top is a couple of times he did. So I really wanted to point that out here with the numbers on trace and, and, and again, kudos to trace Jackson Davis on the triple double. But I really wanted to point out to me, what was one of the big things is, is to me is his maturity and handling the double teams is why he got assists tonight. Like he did.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and Ryan, I thought you mentioned an interesting stat earlier, you know, triple double, he only took six shots, you know, and he, he did go to the free throw line for five free throws. He made four of them. Um, and as impressive as the 12 points, 11 rebounds and 10 assists were, The three blocks and three steals also important. You know, I mentioned the two steals at the end of the first half, which I thought were terrific. And, you know, once again, you can tell he's affecting guys who are driving into the lane, whether he blocks shots or not, you know, and so he had the three blocks tonight, but he's just his presence just affects everything that happens in the lane for Indiana opponents.
1: Yeah. And, and that was what I was going to say is it's not just the offense. It was, it was three blocks, three steals. And we're getting used to seeing a lot of blocks from him this year, more than, more than even before. Um, and, and here's the thing, you know, you'd think on a night like this, that Trace Jackson Davis would lead the team in plus minus minus. and you'd be absolutely right. He did. You know, I like it's, there's no, there's no swerve there as, as plus minus often does for us. And, and he was in there against the starters, and the bench and whoever else, and he still had the highest plus minus. Usually, so a bench guy will come in during a run and 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 run it up because they're not in in the beginning where the game's close. Game was never close, really, uh, and, and he really established himself early. And I thought that was very important coming off that Rutgers game where he did not have a good game uh, to come out. I thought he and Race Thompson both kind of early on were sort of like, no, we're not going to get out rebounded like that before we're going to establish ourselves in the ourselves in the paint even if it's tough and we're going to make things happen both ways i thought he and race both played really well trace obviously is the game ball i don't think you can you can't mince that that's the trey was great no it no, it no. I mean, the game
0: ball. yeah look and, and we'll talk about trey more in the hoosier hustle award i'm sure you know but well, that's an assumption it's well a pretty good one i think <laughs> um you know it's because trace just did so much that you know, Trey's efforts were able to be in a, you know, in a winning effort by 16. You know, I mean, Trace was just the anchor that that solidified everything tonight. I mean, he was terrific. So a well-deserved game ball that is now five game balls on the season for Trace. Malik Renew, Xavier Johnson, Tamar Bates, and Miller Cop all have won. So Trace uh, out to a very early commanding lead in the game ball race. Shocking. And Now, gentlemen, it is time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Chaney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, Visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's com. All right. Thank you, Anthony. And that brings us to the Hoosier Hustle Award. Uh, and once again, I think this one is pretty easy on a night like tonight. Coach, uh, you want to talk about Trey Galloway? I assume he gets your Hoosier Hustle Award.
2: Uh, yeah, I will say, though, I did debate this one because it was down to him and Tamar. For the hustle award for me, but I'm gonna go with my guy Trey Galloway. I'm a little bummed, I'll admit that. But you know, you look at what he does, he brings with especially tonight, and what I feel like he brings most games. He didn't bring it Saturday, I gotta admit that he didn't bring it Saturday in that game to, against Rutgers. But he brought it tonight that energy, 20 points of 10 shooting, uh, four rebounds. Uh, and and, and I want to point out kind of the rebound numbers because Ryan was kind of pointing out, but between uh, Tamar and, and and Trey, you had eight rebounds. I think it really was an emphasis. I'm sure Woody got on them. Let me rephrase that. Coach Woodson got on them really hard about their lack of rebounding and their toughness. I know he kind of mocked it in the in the media availability yesterday, but I'm telling you, if he was anything what I expected, what I would have been like, it was a full-blown, you got to get tougher, and we've, we're going to do some things that we're not letting this happen again. And your guards have to rebound. One thing that, that Ryan talked about was, TJD going to get blocks, or Jared, you may have mentioned it, it, going to blocks. I like block shots, too, but the one thing is sometimes you go for a block, you miss, it leaves that backside open for a rebound if your guards don't come down and rebound, and and what little I saw of the game on Saturday kind of highlights and things like that, it looked like our guards were kind of standing around on the defensive end for rebounds, whereas today they were active on the glass, and so that's, I'm going to go with Trey, I thought they were Several guys, there were a couple guys that really could have got this, but I'm gonna go with Trey over tomorrow.
0: Ryan, uh your
1: thoughts on well, who yeah, gets the Hoosier Hustle Award? It, it, it's Trey. I mean, tomorrow you can make it you can make an argument for, but but Trey was just his tempo early on, especially, I think really ignited the team. And then the second half, they didn't start well. And then Trey went and got a layup. And, and you know, drove the lane and and made something happen. So um, I, I would say, you know, as Coach mentioned, seven to ten from the field, four of six from three, which is huge for him. He needs to make those shots. Uh, two or three at the free throw line, four rebounds and assist. Um, you know, I I just think that that when you see him at his best, it's he's somebody that can consistently contribute to this team off. I think, I think he's still a bench guy. I think that that is our best formula is guys like Trey guys, like Tamar guys, like Malik coming off the bench to almost provide a second punch as opposed to give the other team a break. And, and so the stronger you are on that back five,
0: the stronger you'll be as a team. Trey Galloway shooting 46.2% from three point range on 13 attempts so far this season. Turnover rate, 3.5 percent for a guy who, you know, one of his big weaknesses was turning the ball over through his first couple of seasons. And he's really toned that down. But, you know, what I think is especially relevant for this conversation on hustle is I thought he was Indiana's most consistent defender all night long. Just doing the little things. He tends to be. He just tends to be. Well, he just – you know, he's so fun to watch defensively because what he does is not allow you to do what you want to do. I mean, there were so many times when the guy he was guarding was coming to get a handoff, and he was just right in between the guy and just blew it up and didn't let it happen. You know, and he just pushes you out a little bit farther than you want to go. And that just makes the offensive guys uncomfortable. And I thought he consistently did that. So, you know, tonight his offensive performance was essential. With Jalen out and X struggling, Indiana needed that from him. That's kind of the headline, that and the shooting. Um, But he brought the same defense and hustle that you see from him uh, every night, which was awesome to see. So that is Trey's second Hoosier Hustle Award of the season. X leads with three. Trey and Jordan both have two. CJ Gunn and Race Thompson each have one. And gentlemen, time now for lingering questions uh curious if you guys have any lingering questions i will check the chat mob to see if they have any but i will send this one over to you ryan did brace thompson get back a little bit more tonight to what we're used to seeing from him nine points six boards a block of steel felt like there was a little more energy from that from him tonight than we've seen in some recent games
1: definitely some more juice tonight from race and and you know i don't think it you know there might be a game where he it goes for 15 and 10 or something. What you need from him is just consistent effort on both ends. And you saw that more tonight. It was almost like sort of baby stepping towards where he needs to be. And this was a positive step. And I think that we've seen glimpses of it before. This was the most consistent he'd been. I, I texted you and I was just like, this is better from race. This is more what we need from race. And it felt like he got into the game early, stayed in the game and, and was focused and plugged in. Uh, whereas, you know, last game he lost his minutes you know, and, and he should have, he wasn't playing very well. So I think that, uh, that, yeah, I, I would say that it was more of what you need from race, uh, but he did play 25. Um, they went a little small for a while in there and, and he wasn't in, but I think you're, you're hoping this is a build towards something else. Also, we hit a three and maybe that's what gave him more confidence. He hit that early three, uh, hopefully sign of things to come,
0: uh, but i thought he and trace played well together tonight too other lingering question when is jalen Hood Shafino expected back i don't think any of us really know back issues can be tricky Day-to-day. i haven't yeah i haven't heard Day-to-day. any type of timetable you know and so i think then the other lingering question that comes out of this is what x are we going to get against arizona you know you and i think the, you need I, the best I, well and i think that game sets up a little better for him right i mean i think it's going to be an up tempo type of game That's the type of game that, you know, when he's locked in, he can really succeed in. Um, But, you know, you were able to beat Nebraska at home without Jalen Huchofino and X really struggling. I highly doubt that's going to happen on a neutral court against Arizona. It certainly isn't going to happen at Kansas. And so that's kind of the one lingering question coming out of this is when does X kind of click again? Because that's a couple rough games in a row for him. Uh, None of us here are concerned. I think X has earned, you know, some of that benefit of the doubt. But that question will linger a little bit until we kind of see him break out another vintage X performance, and hopefully it happens on Saturday. All right, guys, so tomorrow night we will have Assembly Call Radio. Andy Bottoms will be here, so you'll get his take uh, on this game. We'll see if we can uh, bring on another guest as well. And then Saturday is the Arizona game, which everybody has been uh, very, very interested in and excited about. I know there's a lot of folks in Vegas. Coach Tonsoni is there. Um, we'll tweet out if there's, you know, going to be meetups and folks getting together. I know, I think Scott and Galen are out there too from Crimson Cast. Um, so hopefully, uh, everybody's getting together, having fun in Vegas. Uh, and that should be a really fun game. Uh, and, and we'll spend some time on Assembly Call Radio tomorrow night, kind of doing a more in-depth preview of Arizona because they are a fascinating team. Uh, they have big guys that can match our big guys. They've got shooters. Uh, I would expect Ryan... A game in the high eighties or nineties what do you think yeah. I think that's gonna be a uh, high tempo high scoring game
1: i I think the winning team is definitely going to be in the at least in the eighties The losing might be in the seventies you know but it, it's it's gonna be a high tempo high scoring game i I completely agree i don't care how good your defense is there're gonna be a ton of possessions in that game and uh arizona's a really good team guys they they got smoked by utah they're gonna come and pissed off i like it's It's going to be it's going to be a tough one, a really tough one for Indiana, just because they have some serious NBA talent on that
0: roster. They do. All right. You're listening to the assembly call. Remember to check out our friends at home field apparel. Use the promo code home at checkout to get 15 percent off your first order. Gentlemen, it is time for last call. Coach Marlowe. Let's get your final thoughts on this Indiana victory.
2: I just think first of all a good bounce back win they came back after losing a game where they didn't get very they weren't very competitive in terms of their energy and their effort and I, I agree with Ryan it's going to be a tough game on Saturday with Arizona but I'm looking for them to compete I'm not I'm not saying I want them to lose but I don't mind a loss to a good Arizona team if we compete if we go out there and show that we're right there at their level and and, and show like we did with Carolina like we did with Xavier But we can't have a Rutgers-type performance against Arizona because that, to me, is not what we're trying to project for the program where we want the program to be. But I have some confidence in Coach Woodson that he'll have them ready to play Arizona. You were talking about X earlier. I think X always finds a way to play well in big games, and I think we'll see a very good Xavier Johnson performance on Saturday. We'll see about Jalen Huchafino being around. But I'm really, i I'm really looking forward to the game because I like scheduling these teams. I I know we've talked about scheduling before, but I like us playing these type of teams early in the season before we really get to the meat of the conference season.
0: Ryan, last call. Yeah,
1: I, I think it was a good win, a good bounce back against Nebraska who had just taken out Creighton. You know, I, I think that that was from what I saw more in effect of Creighton really not playing very well, but still Nebraska got it done and, and came in here riding high and, and it came in there, you know, to assembly Hall riding high and, and Indiana took care of business from the jump too. And, and I think it's, it was a very business like win uh, congrats to trace Jackson Davis on getting all historical with that triple double, but the big, one of the, you know, we said at the beginning of the year, there were four big tests before the big 10 play started uh, you've passed two of them. The third is going to be very difficult and the fourth will be just as difficult. And they're back to back Saturdays. And so it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough game on Saturday, regardless of what happens. I'm with coach. I just want them to play. Well, you come, I mean, I'm not a moral victories guy, but come out on a national stage and show you can compete with a national, a team with national championship aspirations, get on the level with them. Show us where the program is. It's a measuring stick game. It's a neutral floor. You know, Kansas, you're going to be going into Kansas. I, I think most people will not expect them to win that game because of that. This is a neutral floor. You've got a shot here and you've got to show where you are and what you need to work on and where you need to get better against a really good team. So I look forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, they got to, I feel like almost at halftime, their focus shifted to Arizona and they got caught a little bit by Nebraska and they had to sort of re angle this and win it by, you know, to, to win it by 16. So Saturday's coming up. It's going to be a great game. And, and uh, I hope a lot of people uh, from Indiana are out there to see it.
0: Yeah. And look, Indiana has more than a chance in this game. Ken Palm currently predicts it 80 to 79 Indiana. These are two very evenly matched teams. You know, I think when you look at tonight, what was really nice about tonight is, you know, Indiana found a different way to win this game uh, comfortably, you know, and, and I think it helps contextualize the Rutgers game a little bit. You know, I think you leave that Rutgers game and you hope, boy, you know, this is just a program right now that has our number in a really tough environment. We didn't bring it tonight. But your fear coming out of that is, is this going to snowball? Because bad performances have snowballed for this program in recent years. And the nice thing tonight, albeit with Nebraska without one of their most important players, but Indiana also without one of its most important players and its starting point guard playing poorly still was able to win this game by 16 points. And so I think there's a lot of things you saw tonight from Trace's versatility to, you know, Trey Galloway's just calmness taking over the point to Tamar Bates shooting to Miller cop's ability to score in a variety of ways to race Thompson, getting back to being race Thompson. There were a lot of things I think that you saw tonight to be really encouraged by. um, And that helped build some momentum heading into this game. This is going to be a fun fun game. These are the kind of games that Indiana needs to be in more where you've got kind of a weekend showcase game against another national brand uh, in Arizona. And I'm with you guys. Let's go out. Let's have a fun 40 minutes of basketball. And I think if we play our best and Arizona plays their best, it's probably a game that comes down to the last possession, you know, and that's fun. Hopefully we're able to you know make whatever plays need to be made uh, to win that game. But for this evening, You know, Indiana needed to rebound in more ways than one. They needed to come back refocused after Rutgers uh, and rebound from that loss. And they also needed to just go rebound the basketball, uh, literally. Uh, And they did both of those things tonight. And so I think uh, for all Indiana fans, an encouraging performance uh, with some really, really interesting and encouraging individual uh, performances that will lead us into a very big and fun game this weekend. All right, that is going to do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. And don't forget to go to join.assembly call to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you tomorrow night. And then again on Saturday until then. Take it from me, Robert Johnson. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers.
1: All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out.
2: Indiana basketball is the shit.
0: Yes, it is, Coach. Shouldn't you bleep that? Is that... <laughs> I mean, the coach said it. <laughs> That's true. Come on.
1: All right, I'm hey. done. I'm going to get All out right. of here. I'll I'm let a you guys
2: Hopefully, hopefully we we'll, won't we'll be playing in a ballroom with some ballroom chairs set up around the, the, the edge of the court. Why would they?
1: Ev- why would anyone ever do that to a college basketball team?
0: Oh. <laughs> it would never happen. That's so ridiculous. By the way, listen to Coach Marlowe and the Do in the Work Crew. When's your guys' next show?
2: Yeah, Kathy and I will be on Monday night at eight o'clock Eastern, seven Central. We'll be recapping the Penn State game. That's actually tomorrow night, but we both have some conflicts in our schedule, but so we will recap that game on Monday night. Uh, eight o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Central. So join us. We'll be talking about Indiana at Penn State. Your number, number three, ranked, three, Indiana, Indiana Hoosiers. Hoosiers.
0: Indiana Hoosiers. That is great, man. And that's even without Grace Berger playing a lot. So yeah, any, kind of any of like word not, on
2: her? Not uh, Terry Morin stopped saying she was day to day and that she was out indefinitely. I'm beginning to wonder if her injury isn't very similar to the one that AZ Fudd had happened the other day. And they're saying three to six weeks on Fudd. For UConn, she got injured in the Notre Dame game. Kind of similar, if you watch the video of the two the two injuries, there's kind of a similar bend to the knee. So yeah. I'm hoping maybe we'll get her back about six weeks. I, I've said on the Doing the Work broadcast today that if you can get her back middle of January, maybe end of January, where she can get a few couple games in before they hit that meat grinder February schedule for them, that would be huge because that's when their schedule is really going to get, I hate to say real, but it's going to get really, yeah. really ramped up when they have to play about six of the best their their last six or seven games are against the top of the big 10 I go search against, yeah I
0: search for doing the work wherever you listen to podcasts check them out and uh we will it's talk said, to you guys tomorrow night on assembly call radio see everybody
2: look around you can find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding right your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time